Hi listeners, it's Mark and Annette coming to you today with uh, Trail Angels powered by Karen the Load. Hey, so happy to be here today. We're going to be, well, let me, before I go into that, we, we need to apologize. We went on vacation for a week and uh, we, we got a little bit behind on our emotional resilience classes that we've been doing. We, we've done four out of our 10 classes and today we're going to be talking about number five. You know, it was a great time that we had to get away. And so, friends, we appreciate your understanding. And we thought we could get this all done before we left. And it just didn't happen. So, No, it didn't. So, as we've shared before, our encouragement to you is, as you listen to this podcast, we would encourage you to grab a cup of your favorite beverage. We would encourage you to grab a notebook and a pen if you haven't done so already. And then to find a peaceful place, because some of the things that we talk about on these 10 lessons that we've been sharing with you about emotional resilience really require you to be in a place that is safe, a place that is quiet, and a place that you can do some reflecting. And just remember that as you're going through this, you don't have to go from start to finish. You can pause it. And you can reflect. And, you know, like you said, it might be something that you do in in sections throughout the week, even as you continue to learn and progress. The whole idea behind these classes is to help you to lay a foundation within yourself and within your home where you can create a little bit of uh, opportunity where you can take a deep breath at times. You know, we're going to be talking today about uh, understanding sadness and depression. That's a pretty heavy topic. You know, up to this point, we've talked about building emotional resilience. We've talked about healthy thinking patterns. We've talked about managing stress and anxiety. We've talked about our bodies and emotions. And today, this idea of understanding sadness and depression, I think is important because each of us throughout our lives, I don't care who you are, nor do I care about how emotionally resilient you are right now. Each of us go through those difficult times in our lives. We do care who they are, (laughs) but I'm just teasing you. No, you know, you know, good good point. Good catch. You know, we, we do care who you are, but I guess what I was trying to say is we, we don't care where you're at this time in your life, other than the fact that we want you to know how important it is that it's if it hasn't happened yet, it is going to happen. It is going to happen, and no one's exempt. Each of us will have times, seasons, periods that, that some might be more often than others that they will experience sadness, depression. And it's just learning these skills and these tools and being kind to yourself. You know, and that's that's a great point. And I think it's important for us as well to recognize that before we start talking about tools, it's important to talk about the differences between depression and, and just being sad. You know, there's there's a lot of different factors that can lead to the emotional challenges that we have in life. And uh, some of the symptoms of of being depressed you know, are much different, obviously, than just being sad, because we all go through the sadness. Uh, We all, you know, one of the things that Annette and I talk about quite a bit is grief. Uh, We've shared in this podcast a number of times about the the time that we dealt with grief when when our adult son passed away from the effects of a brain tumor. 
And that grief is ongoing. It's just a different, different level. And, and, you know, and it's times, you know, like you talked and you mentioned, you know, as we've gone through this grief and these different levels of grief and there's different layers, just like that, there isn't sadness and depression. And we had to learn to be okay to be okay with wherever we fell in that that area and to give ourselves that that you know pat on the back that you know what we're not doing anything wrong it's okay just why like we got through it the last time we'll get through it this time and while all that is true one of the things that we learned the hard way probably mm-hmm. was that we grieve differently Yes. And that uh, that grief took us to a place where we had a difficult time living a balanced life. And we're going to be talking, in fact, we're going to start out our conversation about balanced lives and oh, about uh, the, the fact that uh, sometimes we say, no, it's, now, it's, now it's not a convenient time. Or, <laughs> you know, when, when, you have, when you have a disaster in your life, it's never a convenient time. And that disaster can have varying degrees of difficulty, just like in gymnastics or something else. You know, you're you're uh, scored on how well you're able to deal with that varying degree of difficulty. And it's interesting because, you know, we we've watched the Olympics, and you know they trained, they have practiced, they've gained these skills and these tools over their lifetime. And it came down, you know, often to this one two-minute segment or one-minute segment, this one time down, you know, the bobsled or whatever that was, or, you know, trying to do some amazing thing on the ice. And they say, you know, they've, they've done this a million times. And, and like you said, they rated it. And... You know, and it had this difficulty score that was already there. Well, we know life is difficult. And thankfully, we are not judged on that one experience. Oh, isn't that a good thing to know (laughs) that uh, we are not judged that way? But, you know, sometimes we get so busy in our lives. And sometimes maybe we even wear our busyness as a badge of honor. (laughs) <laughs> you ever have you ever felt that way that uh, we do? Oh, I can't do, I can't help you out. I'm so busy doing this. Like someone is going to pin a medal on you and say, "Hey, congratulations! You got, You're the most busy person I know." You got the gold medal for that yeah. one, and and you know what? It's hard. It is hard to not be in balance and be so busy. You know, I I see ourselves at times where we try to justify. By saying, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't uh, look at getting help right now because I've got to raise the kids. I've got a job that needs to be completed, and all of a sudden, the next thing we know, we justify ourselves all the way to the uh, loony bin. <laughs> we we use that term loosely around our house. Uh, and and you know, I was just talking to our daughter on the phone and. And she asked how things were going today, you know, and I just said, it's so nice to be, to get caught up, you know, vacation and then kind of running ragged to catch up from being gone. 
because those things that we needed to take care of. And today I feel more in balance. And, and it's like this, this weight has lifted because of the balance. You know, I think of uh, scriptures, you know, very often we, we share with you scriptures that are meaningful in our lives. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures that uh, really help me to understand this principle to a greater degree. The first is that uh, we need to see that all of these things are done in wisdom and order, for it's not requisite that a person should run faster than he or she has strength. <laughs> you know, that, that is so true. And, and then in Isaiah 41, uh, fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen ye, I will help thee. I, I guess what I'm reading here and what I believe is that we're not in this by ourselves, whether it's a heavenly parent that's helping us along the way or whether it's someone that we love and we trust that can help us along our journey of life. We're not alone. And, you know, as as you read those scriptures and, and you talk about this wisdom and order and and you know, fear not. Because I think there's so so often when we get, at least I do, when I get out of balance, then then maybe that fear inside, you know, those different different things happen because of I'm out of balance and then I'm trying to catch up and I'm doing this and that, like I said, but it comes down to just doing the very best we can each day. You know, when you say that, Annette, that reminds me of... We have some uh, refrigerator magnets and uh, three words. Do you remember what those uh, three words are, Annette? Good, better, and best. And if you look right behind me on the magnet board, I have those. Good, better, and best. And and it was a reminder to me that, you know, oftentimes, and, and there's a religious leader um, Dallin Oaks, and he he gave a, a speech once, and, and it was on this principle, really, of, of balance and, and all these things. It's not like we're choosing between good and bad. You know, it's it's good, it's better, or it's best. And, and we need to remember that we've got good choices. And that's, you know, what category does that fall in? You know, the other night we had a neighborhood uh, Galentine's activity where we just got, you know, we've been. I wasn't invited. You weren't invited. You're not a gal. Sorry. And we we did this waffle love and it was just fun because we, we ate and we talked and we visited and we shared some of our favorite things. And I sent a text to a friend of mine and I, I said, where are you? You know, get over here. And she said, I'm at my daughter's swim meet. And I remember texting her back, you chose the best. Yeah. But, some, but it, sometimes it's hard to know what is the good, the better, or the best, isn't it? It is. And, and I just, you know, I wanted her to know that we missed her. But good job. You know, your kids are, aren't little all the time. And but we have to we do need that good, better, best in that balance of our lives to be able to nurture ourselves so that we can help uh, meet the demands throughout the rest of our life. So as you're saying that, Annette, it uh, it reminds me of a quote by Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. And uh, this quote is one that uh, I, I really appreciate. And I've and I've thought of it often. He said once that perfect is the enemy of progress. <laughs> 
And there are times, and I think that maybe one of the reasons why we get so much stress and anxiety is because we want to be perfect. We have this uh, stigma that uh, we, we were talking about this this morning, that uh, that uh, the grass across the fence is always greener. Remember that uh, that quote uh, by Irma Bombeck? Uh, uh-huh. yeah, and, and she talks about uh, the grass is always greener over the septic tank. But we're talking about grass being greener over the fence, not realizing that that grass may be artificial grass. We might not see it the way that uh, we really need to. And I think that sometimes in our lives, we have that. Uh, we do. And then it goes back to the other, one of our, our previous lessons on the distorted thinking and, and really seeing things as they are. So, you know, it's amazing as we look with clear vision, that clarity, um, we can see those things. There's, I just had this, this thought of, um, it was a meme or something that we saw. And this lady was just so disgusted with how dirty her neighbor's windows were. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, looking out and just saying, how can they live with that? And in reality, it was her windows. And, you know, she didn't have that right perspective and that clarity. And, and the filter was was uh, incorrect. The filter was incorrect. And so, you know, that takes us really into our discussion today about depression and what ha- the effects on our lives, you know, it has. It will have an effect one way or another but it does affect our filter and how we look at things. And we really just want to have a straight, a straightforward, honest discussion about depression. Yeah. You know, when I think of uh, sadness and depression, I think they're probably best described as feelings of sorrow and happiness and grief. And, and they're a part of normal experience here on earth. And I think that sometimes sadness and depression can come through difficulties, you know, not only resulting from rejection and interpersonal relationships and disappointments that we might have and, you know, and other pains, but, but what we sometimes fail, fail to remember is that they're also an opportunity, an essential part of our growth opportunity that we have. And I love that part. And that is something that I I really have learned over the years, that this is an essential part of life. And it does help us grow. And we need to remember, you know, there is a difference in, in the depression. You know, there's the major depressive disorders or severe depression. And, you know, that is, is different than maybe just... Having a bad hair day. A bad hair day. We're <laughs> <laughs> having tax deadlines come up as we have in the yeah, near future. I mean, exactly. And, you know, there's one thing to have this seasonal depression and sadness, and there's another that just takes over. And there's a difference. There, there is. And uh, we have to be really careful because. We, we look at major depressive disorders that uh, can occur with with really a clear explanation, you know, resulting, for example, with 
an unhealthy uh, life. Uh, maybe maybe we've had death in our family and we've had severe uh, depression that has come from the emotions from that. But we also sometimes have feelings of shame and self-blame or even self-hatred. And all of these are likely to interfere how we uh, function every day. And, and, you know, severe depression and that also interferes with our ability to deal positively with the, the changes oh, that we do need to have. For sure. And, you know, I think of a time that in my life, in our life, that that I I just couldn't handle things anymore. And I just needed I needed a break. I needed a reprieve. And and I just thought, you know, if I could just numb myself and not feel this pain, this sadness that I was feeling, it was hard. It was just hard to see what was going on around me, to see the you know, the pain of a, a child. It was hard to see, to reflect on, on many different things. And there was shame and there was sadness and there was things that I had going on because I wasn't looking through the right filter some of those times. And, um, and so I just wanted to be numb. But what I didn't realize is numbing out. I wanted to numb out the bad stuff, the, mm -hmm. the stuff that hurt. But when I numbed the painful things, it also numbed out the good things. So what you're saying, Annette, is, is that uh, having feelings are important. Having uh, feelings we, are so important. You know, we, we try to, and I, and I like what you said there, we, we try to sometimes uh, take out those poor feelings, not realizing that it, once we are able to get through some of the difficulties uh, that we're that we're uh, having to deal with, those negative feelings can create opportunities for incredible growth. Exactly. You know, when I when I think of uh, growth, and as I was listening to you talk, sometimes we talk about uh, the ancient art of Japanese kintsugi. Kintsugi, uh, kintsugi is you know, and we're not going to go into it uh, in depth here, but what it is is it's uh, having something broken. For example, a vessel, uh, a pot a dish or something, and then repairing it to a point where it's much more valuable and much more resilient to breakage than it was even before. Far more beautiful. Far more beautiful. And was there more yeah, there, there to is. say I, about this before I share a few thoughts? Well, what, what I was going to say is that uh, in our lives, I think that we are conditioned to try to fix something as quickly as we possibly can. And in fact, the first time that uh, Annette and I uh, did kintsugi on a, on a uh, bowl that uh, was broken, we did it and it was really quick. And, you know, we, we soon realized that it was an ugly bowl. Uh, it, we, we didn't do a very good job of it. And we tried putting it together as quickly as we can. But this whole art idea is about taking the time. And there's many steps. And some of those steps we missed when we put that first bowl together. Remember that? Oh, several of them we did. And uh, I look at the bowls that uh, that uh, we've done most recently and they and they have a lot more definition. They 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 look they look more sturdy. Well, when you go back to being quick and trying to repair and maybe not even trying to learn from the experience that created that brokenness maybe trying to just hurry up and hide. Let's hurry and fix this before someone notices it is almost kind of that feeling of, 
uh, you know, I don't want anyone to see this broken piece, so I'm just going to hurry and put it back together. And then there's a difference of, I want to learn from my brokenness right. or the brokenness of this, of this piece. And the amazing thing, a few years ago, when I first came upon this concept, it was one of the most enlightening healing experiences of my life. Because all of a sudden, I looked at those things that I felt were broken in me and started to let that shame go. When I let that shame go, I began to feel. I began to feel different emotions and restrictions and things that were lifted that I'd placed on myself. And then, you know what? Light. I realized that there were light. There was light shining through that brokenness. And, and the light was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And as I allowed that light to heal me, which, you know, quite honestly, here's, here's this piece that if you, you're watching the video, you can see this. This um, is something that I purposely, we purposely broke. And then we put it back together tenderly. And that's the difference is that when I changed and had this correct thinking about the frustrations or the depression or the sadness, those emotional challenges, the healing began to take place. And I saw the beauty in it. You know, this is a great analogy because when you look at the ball, many of us grew up with the idea that if you break something, all you simply do is you sweep it up and you throw it away mm -hmm. or you sweep it under the rug. No one wants to hear about uh, the, uh, the dirty laundry of our family or no one wants to hear about this that uh, could make us look less than perfect to those around us. Yet, who did that hurt more than anybody else? It hurt the person that uh, was experiencing the pain. Right. And so I think it's important that we look at some of the factors that uh, can lead to our emotional challenges. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's psychological, there's biological, there's, there's spiritual issues there. And why don't you start with the, the biological issues? So the physical factors with our body, genetics, hmm. serious illness or injury, diet and lack of physical activity, misuse of illegal drugs or medication, seasonal weather. Um, how many of you have noticed that the dark winters have an effect on you? or chemical or hormonal changes. So those are some of the uh, biological mm -hmm. issues. Are there psychological or emotional events that might uh, challenge us as well? Oh, for sure. Any real major event or life transition, there's things like um, marriage. I mean, it's a good thing, mm -hmm. but it can also cause this stress, which could lead to, to you know, to depression or emotional thing as well. Any life event or transition, job loss, um, baby blues. I mean, a baby is wonderful, but that can affect us. A death or loss, divorce. Right. Um, Have you ever or, seen or abuse? Yeah, I mean, all those things are, are effects. You know, isn't it interesting? Sometimes, and I'm sure you've all probably seen this. Have you ever taken a stress test, a written stress test where it said, 
give us, you know, have any of these happened in the last 12 months? Oh. Have I, have I had a change in my marriage? Have I had a death in the family? Have I experienced a job loss? Have I gone on vacation? And, and I remember one have time. Have I moved? Have I moved? I, I remember there was a time that we took that stress test just kind of for fun. We, we found it somewhere and we realized that we were living in an incredible state of stress. Oh, the top three stressful things in your life we each were experiencing. And, and so those are, and they were not all bad things. They were good things too, but it causes that challenge in your life. I, I think that there's also other uh, psychological or social interactal type of uh, issues as well that we deal with, such as you know, maybe conflict at work. Maybe uh, we just feel lonely or, or we feel isolated. Who hasn't felt isolated during the last two years of COVID? That's been a difficult time mm -hmm. when it comes to emotional resilience. Uh, in fact, probably one of the biggest reasons why we're doing these classes is because of what many people have told us they've experienced in the last and two so years. and social pressures right i mean cuz you know some of us may feel like well we need to do this to this to help our you know to be healthy and someone else thinks oh no way you don't do that and they you know so there's the social pressure because we're not yeah agreeing and there's a there's a visible conflict and they it's hard. Can can we deal with spiritual for a second as well? Because oh, I yes. think I think that spiritual is a uh, difficult issue that uh, many many people have to deal with. I was reading an article over the weekend uh, talking about and and in, let me make a caveat here. You don't have to go to church every week to be spiritual. No, but at the same time, I think that uh, living a true spiritual self allows you to perhaps make better choices. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you a little bit uh, of a uh, of a greater uh, moral compass, perhaps. And I'm I'm not saying a belief in God necessarily, but a belief in in a higher power, something that will allow you to realize that, hey, number one, I'm not doing this by myself, and I'm not alone. But but secondly, I can rely on the hand of providence to help me as well. Right. And and then you know we just live in such a troubled time in the in the history of the world and it's so difficult and so here's here's the dilemma we put all of this together the biological the uh the psychological and and the spiritual and what happens is when we're less than perfect the biological psychological physical when we're less than perfect what happens is we begin to put ourselves down we begin to say i am not worth anything and 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 it's like uh, it's it's like uh, Churchill said in that quote, "Perfect is the enemy of of uh, progress," and we don't have to be perfect. We have to recognize that uh, that life can throw so many different arrows at us. You know, one of the things when you talk about this perfectionism, I think, well, one, you're right. Life throws many different arrows at us. I often kind of through that I have to be perfect and build it up because I thought others expected me to be perfect. Right. But honestly, I think I was harder on myself. We are always harder on ourselves than what others might throw at us. Yeah. And so when I learned this concept of I am lovable, whether I am perfect or not, and I should say in my imperfections, in my journey of becoming, I am lovable. 
I am doing the best I can. That helped me immensely. So, Annette, we, we've talked about sadness. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we're all sad. You know, we were sad for the last two years that we didn't have the social interaction that uh, maybe we'd been used to. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 were in a, we weren't able to go out and get chips and salsa as much as we'd like to. Uh, it's been hard. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrifices that we made. Uh, but, but sometimes we need to recognize as well the symptoms of major depression. Yes. And I think that uh, we have to really consider what does it mean to be majorly depressed? And, and the reason why I think this is important is because we have seen an in, incredible amount of suicides mm -hmm. in the last two years. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But let's talk for a minute about uh, some of the symptoms of uh, major depressive disorder or maybe even clinical depression. Now, we're not doctors. No. But at the same time, I think it's important that we would recognize, all of us recognize, that uh, most people experiencing the, these symptoms many times during their lives. But if you experience multiple symptoms for a long time, it might mean that you're experiencing something even deeper than just a, a deep sadness. And so we're going to share with you some symptoms of depression. And I want you to, if you haven't done this already, to get your pad of paper out and your pen and you may have to put it on pause once or twice, and maybe you'd have to go back uh, and, and hear what uh, some of these symptoms might be. But if you have three or more of these symptoms uh, continue over a period of time, we would encourage you to seek out uh, uh, professional help where needed and when, when the opportunity is there. But at a bare minimum, we would encourage you to reach out to family members to help them to recognize. And if there's no one there, we would encourage you to consider the suicide hotline. It's, I'm sure you've all heard it before, but the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Can I just add one thing before we get into these symptoms of depression? And... And it goes back to our feelings of, you know, what not wanting others to think something's wrong with me. Or even admitting it to ourselves. What do we do if we go up skiing and we fall and our we look down at our foot and it's going in a completely different direction? I do cry. Well, you cry. Okay, good. Do we ignore it? Absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, we can get an x-ray on that, but we don't need an x-ray because we know we that there's know something wrong. There's something wrong. But what do we do to fix it? Well, we'll get the professional help that's necessary. We get the professional help that's necessary. But what happens in that is that when it comes to uh, mental concerns that we might have that we're dealing with, uh, like major depression, you can't see it like a, uh, like a severely broken foot. You can't see it. That sometimes inside we know about it and we feel like, and we might be questioning, is this more than just sadness? Get the help. There are good, qualified people that can help you. And be willing to take the next step because you might need some medication because it might be a chemical imbalance. I think what we're trying to say is that sometimes at least to others, maybe the uh, they don't see the symptoms like we do. Right. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they don't exist. And so please don't uh, sweep them under the rug like many of us grew up 
thinking that that's what we needed to do. Right. So, you know, I kind of look at it if I have this really bad sinus infection and all the natural things and all the things that I've done and thought, you know, homeopathics and, and just eating healthy and doing all these things and nothing works, I might need an antibiotic. Right, right. So getting back then, okay. there are seven seven things that we're going to share with you here, seven ideas. And, and again, remember that if you have three or more of these symptoms and they've continued over a, a period of time, this is this is a good diagnosis that uh, professional help is, is necessary. So now why don't you start? Number one, constantly feeling sad, helpless, hopeless, or worthless. Mm. Number two, having little energy and motivation. I mean, that I, happens all the time. Does that mean that I'm uh, that I'm uh, depressed? No, no. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it also is something I think we kind of lose sight of that that energy or motivation can be a sign. So number three, change in appetite and weight loss or gain. Right. Number four, trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or or maybe even waking up. Number five, loss of interest in, in activities that you used to find enjoyable. Number six, difficulty concentrating, remembering, or making decisions. Number seven, thoughts about death and suicide. So we, we hope that you are being reflective at this point. Go through those again, those seven those seven ideas of what might contribute to to uh, symptoms of depression. And, and uh, again, if you have three of those or more, we would strongly, strongly encourage you to get the help that uh, is, is uh, necessary. So let me ask you, Mark, how can being aware of these symptoms of depression help us become more emotional resilient? Well, first of all, I think that the, you, you hit on a key word there is aware. We, we have to be aware. And I think that our minds sometimes put us in a position where we try to focus out the bad. Mm -hmm. And we might realize that our, li our life is less than perfect and that we're dealing with some serious, serious issues, but we don't want to look at it that way. We, we want to just look at all the good things. And when we start doing that, you know, we remember a couple of uh, weeks ago, we talked about healthy thinking habits and patterns. That's not a healthy thinking pattern. When we start uh, looking at uh, our our concerns and our issues and not addressing them the way that we should, so how can it help us support others? That's you know a little well, probably more than anything else. And and I think Annette and I, you and I have, as we've been considering these these lessons and as we've been talking about it openly, we are able to more easily recognize people around us that are dealing with these issues. You don't have to have someone come up and tell you that they're struggling. Often what is uh, important is just being able to look at them. And in fact, it's really interesting. Annette and I know when each each other is off. And, and, I, and I appreciate Annette and I, and I hope that I do the same thing as well. And that is, hey, what's, the, what's going on today? What's, what's on your mind? And, and then having the courage and uh, being able to have the... Uh, the ability to to share and, and not just keep it hidden. And I think that that is what you can do as a friend, as a family member, of somebody else that is struggling that sometimes we just don't want to ask the tough questions, do we? 
Well, sometimes we just want to turn our head and say, you know, I didn't see that. But would a true friend turn their head when they see someone in need? And I know that if if someone thought that I was in trouble or I was, you know, acting a little bit different and, you know, maybe just something was off and they asked me if I was okay and they really wanted to know if it was a genuine, you know, looking, look me in the eyes type of a concern, I would be grateful. And it's an expression of love and, and true friendship. You know, in a, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking about some of the responses that uh, we can share with others that uh, are dealing with things. I mean, when, you know, and, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, Annette, but uh, do you remember when our son passed away, how many people said, well, he's in a better place? That was the wrong thing to say because he wasn't in a better place as far as we were concerned. He needed to be with us in our home. And so we're going to talk in a few minutes about how important it is to to be the kind of a friend that uh, can offer support and not additional grief. Yes, that would be good. But one more reminder here. If you or anyone else that you're aware of have thoughts of death or suicide, seek professional help immediately by going to the nearest hospital emergency room and reaching out to family friend, a bishop, a church leader, suicidal thoughts should always be taken seriously. So again, that number, 1-800-273-8255. Seek help now. You know, friends, it's normal to feel sad and worried once in a while. And sadness and anxiety are, are really normal human emotions that we deal with. But if we're constantly sad and and if our pain blocks our ability to feel the love of others around us and the love of good then we're suffering from we we're, we may be suffering from uh, depression or anxiety or you know but just more than anything else recognize that uh, a little bit of of uh, stress is something that we all go through there's a phrase through cloud and sunshine, Lord abide with me. And, and that's one thing that I love. There is going to be cloudy days. Yeah. And it is hard to see the light sometimes through those, through those cloudy days. But just a couple of thoughts when it comes to finding support. You know, I, I feel that prayer for me is, is something important. It gives me a chance to reflect and to just be still. And for those who don't... Um, Pray to God, to your higher being. Meditation is really another form of prayer. And, and it's just there becoming one, you know, in physically, emotionally, and just kind of grounding yourself. Those things will help. So this, this discussion we're having right now, is, is important that you're writing some of these ideas down right. in your, in your uh, workbook. And, uh, you know, whether it's prayer or meditation, I, I just think is finding that uh, calmness mm-hmm. is very important. Calling a friend who might be a good listener, I think is important. Any other ideas on that? Ask someone to check in on you. If uh, you might be concerned, you know, throughout the day, 
Um, that's a good friend. Another thing and something that really helps me is I go for a walk or I'll sit outside. Um, I just, I we, love, we love being, the outdoors, being in the outdoors and there's yeah. something that grounds me with being in the outdoors. Yeah. Some other ideas, maybe write down something meaningful, uh, write down memories that when you felt peace, joy and, and love in your life and what that felt like, maybe, maybe schedule a time to do something with, with family members instead of just sitting in the house watching TV all the time or looking at social media. You know, another great thing is if you find yourself um, in this this area of feeling depressed or sad or stressed all the time, it's not a bad thing to uh, seek, uh, you know, licensed medical uh, help and a therapist and to, to schedule an appointment. It's not always something you can get in that day or the next day. You know, obviously, if you're in a crisis, they are going to work you in. But schedule an appointment. You know, what goes along with that as well, Annette, is that most communities will have support groups for different things, right. whether, whether it's an addiction or, or whether it's dealing with uh, abuse mm -hmm. or, or the stress of just of life. You know, we're not all wired the same way. And we have to recognize that I can't look at you or you can't look at me and say, you should be feeling this way. Because once we start doing that, uh, we, we take that human part out of the equation. And as a friend, as a family member, we can't tell them to just suck it up. Everything's no. going to be okay. That just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, but one thing, you know, as we've gone through these different ways to, to connect and to find support, it's nice to have a plan when you're in a spot that you feel safe and hopefully you feel that right now, sit down and write down when and how you'll put some of these ideas into action. Right. Because right. it's a lot easier to do it when you have a clear mind than to do it when you're trying to figure out how, what you're going to do when you're you're needing real help. Can we can we talk about grief for a minute? Sure. You know, th this could easily be a two hour oh, uh, sure. lesson here as we as we're talking about uh, these these frustrations that come from sadness and depression. But grief is along with that as well. And I I I love to talk about grief because I now have and I have great a great story about grief. And one of the things that we learned, and if I could give you any advice or admonition at all, knowing that you will, if you haven't already, you will be dealing with a grief that comes from loss. Uh, most of the loss that we often talk about uh, comes from losing someone close to us. Mm -hmm. It might be because of old age. It might be because of something else, but that grief is always there. And the reason why is because we have fond memories and we, and we disassociate the fact that, uh, okay, I'm not going to have those wonderful memories anymore if this person is no longer here. And so we might uh, reminisce and we, we become sad and we become uh, isolated. And because of that, we, we, uh, that grief might be for you a little bit different than it was for me. Right. And it's, it's also, how do I explain this in my thoughts? But it's because of that love, you know, the, the grief is even greater that morning because of the love that we have for, for the individual who, who may have died or who's just suffering. I really feel like there's grief that comes 
in seeing someone suffer. I have a, we have a good friend who's, um, whose son has, has got some real um, mental illnesses and, and depression and has struggled with suicidal thoughts and those demons for, for years. And to see the grief in her eyes. Yeah. You know, it's something that I actually, you know, have, a I grieve with her to a degree because I can feel that sorrow and, and pain of a mother because not because I've gone through that exact thing, but it, I've gone through something similar, but because I love. And so there's varying degrees. You know, when we, when we mourn someone that's, that's gone, you know, when we experience that grief, I, I think it's important that we recognize that mourning is one of the deepest expressions of pure love that we can show. We're not mm -hmm. suggesting by any means that we shouldn't have grief. It's a natural response to, you know, being able to, to love and to appreciate to a greater degree. But what we don't want is, is to create an atmosphere where that grief turns into deep depression. And it can, it can, if, and we have seen it, but it, there is such growth and that can come through a grief, grieving process and so, this, right. this experience. But, you know, some of the things that are very, very normal and are all a part of the grief cycle. First is denial. Man, mm -hmm. I cannot believe that this is happening to me. <laughs> Why, you know, why do I have to go through something like this? You know, you can hear, hear yourself even, you know, thinking some of these thoughts or remembering of uh, some an experience where someone has said that. We all go through a denial. Right. And, and in fact, I think that you're onto something in it because denial is, is one of the five experiences that we'll have when we, when we have grief. Uh, along with denial, what, what's typically next? Oh, anger. Yeah. Oh, so mad. You know, that uh, that anger is not only directed to others around us, but maybe even God. Yeah. You know, the, the one that has helped us through everything, it is not uncommon to be angry with God. You know, along with that, do, do we sometimes bargain mm -hmm. as, as well? You know, we, we uh, you know, I, I think of, I, I think of uh, the, the experience of the man that's on the roof uh, doing roofing, and all of a sudden he starts falling down this uh, steep pitch, and uh, he's he's crying out to God, "Please help me, save me! If I if I'm saved, I promise I'll do this better." And as he's rolling down the the roof, all of a sudden, right before he falls off, there's a nail that catches him and it stops him, and he turns back and say, "Oh, never mind, God, I did this myself." Do we do we get that way sometimes ourselves as well? Uh, we, we've, we've got to be careful, but at the same time, recognizing that uh, we, can, we can ask for help. And I think that some of the best help and some of the best peace that we'll ever receive is by reaching out to a higher being. Exactly. And as he helps us and leads us, what I have found, it is often through others that those prayers are answered, that I the healing can take place and the tools are given. Another thing that happens 
but it's very common is sadness, this profound sadness. And, the, you know, how you might start asking questions about, you know, what if I would have done this? Mm. Or what if I would have done that? If I would have been a better person, you know, all these things that we think we have this power in us. Well, we don't have that power. So and to control right things. Right. So so going through that process, it's it's really cyclical. Again, we, we start with denial, we go to the anger, we get into the bargaining part of it there, then we get into the sadness, and the last of the five steps of uh, of grief is acceptance. Once we begin to accept that the losses happen, and it doesn't mean that we can't be un, that we can't be sad about it, that sadness is going to come. But we are able to begin to accept the reality of the loss and start to move on. You know, it's interesting as we're talking and I'm just having some different thoughts and feelings here. And I don't know that I went through this in order. I, I know that we didn't. And uh, and that's normal. So, you know, it's listed in an, in order as we went through this and, you know, but it doesn't happen oh i must you know first i'm going to start here and then i'm here it's oh i hit acceptance i'm done mm -hmm. well guess what there are different layers to healing there are different layers to to grief and, and you might go it might come back around but you'll have tools and you'll understand where you're going and it won't be as long and it won't be as difficult so remember that uh a few minutes ago, I, I mentioned that there was one piece of advice that we would give. Mm -hmm. And that one piece of advice, I know you, I know that you know what it is, and it, it's it, that uh, there's there's no correct way to grieve. No and correct so, way and no timetable. You, you know, when when a uh, when parents lose a child, do you know that the divorce rate is substantially higher in the next few years than it is with uh, those that uh, have a uh, a healthy functioning family. And so there's a lot of vulnerability that happens during that time that we're grieving, as we're denying, as we're we're feeling anger. Maybe we 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 uh, funnel that anger to the other parent, uh, and and that happens sometimes. We have to be careful. But but here's a few suggestions that might help you with coping with grieving and and allowing yourself, uh, you know, to you know to to help others that are grieving and. You know, let's go over those quickly. Give yourself permission to feel, as Annette mentioned earlier, to cry, to experience whatever you may or may not be feeling as part of the process. You know, take care of yourself as well. Eat right, uh, eat healthy, get enough sleep, and try to exercise. You know, those are probably the foundations, but there are other things that we can do as well. Set realistic expectations about the time. Thinking. And recognize that feelings of happiness, joy, and peace are not disloyal to the memory of what you have lost. I think that's really, really critical because I've often, and I heard and seen many, seen others who think they can never be happy again. They can't laugh. You know, I, I've been told that, well, you, you aren't mourning right because <laughs> I heard you laugh or you had a smile. Well, for me, that's a conscious decision, a conscious decision to to continue li living a life full of joy. And I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And I want to do. Doesn't mean I don't have times of sadness and grief. Right. But you know, we wouldn't be 
we wouldn't be doing this uh, lesson a service if, if we didn't talk about maybe some of the things that we can do when it comes to helping those around us. Remember, we talked about not only helping ourselves, but being able to recognize with our eyes, with our ears, with our soul, that others are dealing with uh, these uh, struggles and these demons in their own lives. So, I mean, it's it's what do you think about if someone came up to you and said, I know exactly how you're feeling. Well, the first thing is, is I've totally discount that person because they have no idea. Exactly. Even even <laughs> if they have had a similar experience in their life, they don't know how I am feeling. Exactly. What about oh, just have faith? Everything's going to work out. Well, I try to have faith. Are you trying to tell me that I don't have enough faith? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was told that. I, I know you guys are going to think this is crazy. I was told that multiple times. If you would just have enough faith, your son would be healed. Oh, do you, do you remember others as well that said, well, at least you have three healthy children. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no I just no, lost no, no. a child. But you know what? I, uh, you know, in a good time, after that anger and all the stuff that came up after they said that, and I started thinking correctly, I remember I thought, well, at least I have enough faith to accept Heavenly Father's will. He could trust me with this. Yeah. That was a healthy thinking pattern day, but right. that doesn't always happen. You know, the one that, that I mentioned earlier is they're in a better place now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hard one. So, so we've talked about the less helpful conversations. <laughs> what about some of the more helpful conversations in that? What would you share with a person or tell a person uh, that might be struggling? You know, just being told that they care about me. Yeah, I'm here for you. It's okay to feel this way. And... And, and even to ask them, how are you, tell me what you're feeling right now. And, and knowing that if somebody asked me that, that they really want to know and they really care, and it's okay, whatever comes out. Do you know, sometimes I think that we feel like for every emotion, every emotion, there has to be an equal and opposite emotion that goes along with that as well. In other words, we say something or we, we hear something and then we feel like we have to respond. So, and here's the, here's a really helpful thing. You know, I don't know what to say right now, but I'm sure glad you told me. You know, more than anything else, your most important job is just to show up, exactly. to listen and to offer love and kindness. Uh, and so let's, let's just ponder for a minute. Uh, you know, let's, let's just, I, I'm going to ask a question and uh, maybe, maybe a couple of questions. And And the first one would be, Maybe once once I ask you this question of what are the most meaningful things I've learned today, pause for a minute and just write those down in your journal. What are the most meaningful things I learned today? And second, what is one thing that I'll do as a result of what I've learned today that will help me in my own journey for uh, emotional resilience with the stress and the anxiety that I sometimes Sometimes have. Maybe it's going to be exercise. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's eating better. And to understand that those things all play into the sadness and the depression. And there are things that we can do. You know, this is perhaps one of the uh, most difficult lessons that we'll, uh, that we'll go through. It's difficult because no one likes to deal with stress and depression. I mean, it's there, and uh, the anxiety that sometimes we get through the depression, through the uh, sadness that uh, is all about us, can take an awful lot of time. Again, remember that there is no set amount of time that is 
important for you to get over what you're dealing with. And friends, one thing I just want you to know that you can reach out to us. Um, it's easy to reach out. Just message us on, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, any on our website. And, you know, we're here to help you. And no, we're not doctors or therapists, but we do care about how you're feeling and, and we can help you and put you in, in touch with some resources that, that might help. So true. So true. And so we just want to thank you today for being with us. And, uh, and, and we appreciate the time that you've spent with us. We've talked for an hour about uh, you know, the, the struggles that we have with sadness and depression. And each of us have sadness and depression in our lives at different uh, degrees and different times. And all of us will have to make decisions. And it's easier to make a decision now as to some of the tools that you might need to use versus having to learn those tools at the time that, uh, that uh, you, you experience the loss that uh, you might experience. But one of the ways that we believe that we can help you is, is for you to become a part of the Care in the Load community through social media, whether it's on our, our webcasts, whether it's uh, on our, our uh, social media. You know, we, we do have a, uh, a daily thought every day on Instagram. And uh, it's, it's important uh, that uh, we have those daily affirmations. However you find those daily affirmations, look for them. Look for ways to find that resilience and that strength because, you know, we are stronger together. Keep caring.